Welcome to the Authors Who Lead podcast. This podcast is dedicated to you, people who want to be inspired by authors, leaders, and the messages they share. This is such an important podcast to us because we help uncover what goes on behind the scenes when authors are writing their book. We talk about the process. We talk about where they get big ideas, and you can listen in on those conversations. We can't wait for you to join us. So let's get started. Everybody, welcome back. This is Asul Tronis. We're here for another episode of Authors Who Lead. So thrilled to have my friend and amazing virtual mentor, John Lee Dumas here. If you don't know JLD, he's the founder and host of the award-winning podcast, Entrepreneurs on Fire. His guests have included Tony Robbins, Barbara Cochran, Gary Vaynerchuk. He has well over 1 million monthly listens and over 100 million total listens of his 3,000 episodes. JLD is spreading entrepreneur fire on the global scale. His book, The Uncommon Path to Uncommon Success, A Roadmap to Financial Freedom and Fulfillment, is his new book. I can't wait to dive in to talk to him about that and all the things we probably share in common. Welcome to the show, John. You are my Puerto Rican brother from another mother who has now left me on this gorgeous island all by myself. And I miss you dearly. Thank you. I miss you too. I think about it all the time. And someday <laughs> we'll get back. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's really great that, you know, that the really the first time we spent any significant amount of time that wasn't at a conference waving, whether it be on the stage of Youpreneur or some other place, was at your house in Puerto Rico and yeah. in Palmas, which is really awesome. And I actually had no idea that Selena, another mutual friend, was going to be there, but she was there. And I, was, I felt like it was such a, it's like a family reunion when you go to John's house because everyone you know is like there. So and it's, always... gone, it's only gotten more so. I mean, the, the people who have moved down here is just mind blowing and it's only just begun. Yeah. You know, it's amazing. I serve on the board for Illuminate Life School for Heidi's organization. Heidi, yeah. Yeah. So I have still have a strong connection and that's what's always going to keep drawing me back to Puerto Rico. So I will be back on the island shortly. I promise. Well, in six years, my child, who is not yet a glimmer in the eye of anywhere, so don't get any ideas. But if I have a child in six years, he or she will be in Illuminated Life School. <laughs> That's awesome. That's great to hear. You know, what, what's great about reading your book, and we were kind of chatting about this offline, a lot of people who listen to this podcast are authors or leaders or people who are trying to use a book to grow and leverage their ideas, their platform, and grow their influence. And one of the things I noticed when I was reading your book was how much you show up in the book. I mean, I really admire the fact that you, one, dedicate yourself every morning for 90 days to write this book, but also that you, you wrote it honestly and truthfully. And I don't say that because the, there's any fictitious information, but it is that I could hear your voice in writing this book. What was that writing process like for you? I mean, you had to show up every day to write it. You have to make a commitment like you do for all things. What was it like to show up on the page every day? It was like a rebirthing experience because I had never been a writer. Like I was an audio podcast guy. I loved doing what you and I are doing right now. Being on the mic, on video, talking to a great person, having a wonderful conversation, enjoying that flow, whatever that may come. And sitting down to stare at a blank white piece of paper, that's, that was just a different world for me. And it didn't come easily. It did not come overnight for sure. And I knew that if I was going to take on that task of actually writing the book, which I wrote every one of those 71,000 words. I mean, I even got the contributions from these 17 all-star entrepreneurs to go into the book, but it was an audio contribution. I had them submit. And then I wrote the words that I wanted to put into their contribution. And every one of those words like was intentional. It was 
came from a place of you know wanting to serve, but also of like, oh my God, this is so difficult. So you mentioned like 90 days. Like that actually is is a point in the book where I wrote that, where I was at my 50,000th word and I was at my 90th day. I wrote for another five months and another 50,000 words. So it was actually eight months. It was 480 writing hours because I keep track of that stuff. And it was so much work to get to what was 100,000 words, which has now been, thanks to my amazing editor over at HarperCollins, whittled down to 71,000 words. It cannot be a word less. And this book was purely like a passion play where I wanted to wake up every morning and write for at least two hours in this book, my best two hours of the day, which are the first things that I did. So no email, no social media, nothing. I sat down with my freshest, best two hours of the day, and I wrote this book. And then I shut it off after two hours because I said, anything I write going forward, it's not going to be as good because I'm already kind of losing a little bit of my mental acuity, my sharpness. So I did my, my, my words for the day. Let's save it for tomorrow now. And I was able to keep on pace. like I knew where I had to be every day to keep up for that August 17th deadline of, of submitting my final first draft. And I was able to do it, but man, it was a commitment. Right. That's what it is. It's a commitment. I say, don't make a book a goal, make it a commitment. It's like anything. A yoga practice isn't a commitment. Uh, if it isn't a commitment, it's just something you did that day, yesterday, or whatever it was. Commitment is something you can show up for every day. So I appreciate that. It wouldn't be great to hear that if you wasn't so committed to the process. You know, one of the things that struck me is when you were revealing sort of your journey, because I mean, you've talked about your journey so many times on your right. own podcast and others. But to like write it into words like this is, it feels a little more permanent. <laughs> like you're like, I've got it. My, I've told it different ways. I forgot details. Sometimes I added them other times. What was it like for you then like commit to the page that the sort of the journey of JLD as you started from where you were when you were going off to a tour of duty and coming back and this amazing commitment you made to those four fallen soldiers to, to start and make your life worthy of something? Committing to the page, I think, is a really powerful phrase. And I'm really glad you use those words because that's what it felt like. You know, when you're being interviewed and you're kind of like saying, Yeah, you know, I was an, an active duty officer for eight years. And I was like, Oh, wait a second. I should have said four years because I was inactive for four years. And like, there's like little things you just kind of say during an interview that like, you're like, Okay, I got to remember, like, it was actually this. That's fine because you're just, you're doing your best. But, you know, it was 20 years ago and blah, blah, blah. But when you're committing to the page, like when you're writing your story that's essentially, you know, going to be etched in stone, for lack of a better word. You're kind of just like, man, like, let's get this right. So, I mean, I was looking up dates. I was going over like ancient emails from my, you know, Hotmail account back in the day to confirm that like all these things were right. I actually wrote essentially letters to my family every week that I was in Iraq. Like, I went back and read those for the first time to like catch myself up on some things. And it was like, it was crazy. That I was like really going so nitty gritty in the details just to make sure that I got them right, like the dates, the times, everything. And it was a process, but I wanted to use your phrase, which I love. I wanted to commit to the page and I wanted to, to, to know that what I wrote down was 100% correct, was 100% true, and would stand the test of time. So all of those things went into it. And again, just made the process very intense and uh, sometimes very painful. <laughs> yeah. I try to remind people the act of writing isn't hard. It's all the stuff that happens in between your ears when you're trying to write that's mm. difficult because really it's one word after the other, right? It's not, that's not complicated. You know what uh, I heard one time and you might've heard this. It's, I can't attribute it. It was definitely a female author I read it from. And this is way before 
I ever thought I was going to write a book, but it stuck with me so much that I, I thought about it over and over again while I was writing my book is that when you sit down to write a book and to write your words and to write your pages, that white tennis shoe in the corner of your room that has a little dark smudge will suddenly become the most important thing that you need to do immediately to clean that otherwise would have remained there collecting dust for months on end. And it's so true. I was like, oh my God, my curtain's a little crinkled over there. Like I've got to uncrinkle it. And I never, my curtain's wicked crinkled right now. I could care less because I'm just like doing other things and I'm not, but when you're sitting there trying to use such a mental strain on your head and the bandwidth to write these words on a paper, like your body just, sorry, your brain is just looking for anything to stop you from doing that. And it's, it's for anybody who's ever fasted for a long period of time, it's like what your brain tries to do to convince you to just, oh, go eat that food. Like, you know, how many times when you're hungry, you catalog every piece of food that's in your closet right now? Like, you can just picture everything that's in your closet right now. I couldn't tell you one thing that's in my closet right now, in my cupboard right now, because I'm stuffed. But if I was starving, I could tell you everything. Oh, there's 74 noodles left. You know, it's like insane. <laughs> right. I, I tell the, my office is so clean because I'm a writer, because there's always a better thing to be doing besides writing, like the junk drawer, you know, the glove compartment in the car. I oh, said, so just you know that that's a good that sign. guitar right behind you and you start strumming away. Yeah, I, get yeah. to get I don't even play guitar. Yeah. I'm just like, I'm playing now. <laughs> <laughs> that's really great that you shared that. You know, one of the things that stood out to me about the book, because one of the things you're doing here is laying a pathway for people uh, to follow the success path, not of just of you, but all those amazing entrepreneurs you shared. And one of the things you said is it works because it's so simple. And I, I think about, I think about how profound that is. And when, when I help authors try to find their idea, they, they mistakenly think that I got to find my next big idea. Like if I get the next big idea, the next four hour work week, the next EO on fire, like if I could find that, then I'll start. Then I'll know I'm ready. And I say, well, you got to remind yourself that there's no big ideas. What they had was a small idea, a wonder, and it became a big idea when more than one person started talking about it. It's this simple, small idea that was interesting. And yours was, hey, what would happen if I had a daily podcast and I commit to it? That it's a simple idea, but you committed to it. And over time, you had no idea if it would work. You didn't have any clue. You just were like, but this is my unique perspective. And that's what it takes when you create anything that's worthwhile. Just, what did you notice or decided to do today? Everybody else just stepped over and thought it wasn't worthwhile. I knew that I wanted to listen to a daily podcast. And that's really as far as it went. I didn't know if there was another person in the world that would listen to a show at that kind of quantity. And so what I you know, say in the book and I'll share now is like, when I launched Entrepreneurs on Fire, the reason why it works is because the day that it launched, it was the best daily podcast interviewing entrepreneurs. It was the worst daily podcast interviewing entrepreneurs. It was the only daily podcast interviewing entrepreneurs. So how can you potentially, with your big idea, how can you potentially be the only? Like, How can you be the only so that you can actually get traction and win and dominate and then grow and expand and do all these other things you want to do in this world? But it starts with that, that itsy-bitsy, teeny-weeny traction. And to your point, this path, it is simple. It's not complicated. It is not hidden. It's not secret. It is a common path to get to your version of uncommon success. And I've laid out this 17-step roadmap to get you to your financial freedom, to your fulfillment. And it's a path that is common. It's a path that is simple. Simple does not mean easy. It is not easy. It is a lot of flipping work. And if you don't want to put in the work, do not buy this book because it'll be a waste of your $16. 
and you're not going to find success, not with this book or without it. Because everybody that achieves uncommon success has achieved it with hard work. That is the common denominator, not to mention the 17 steps that I have pulled from the 3,000 plus interviews that I've done. This is the fundamental principles that will take you step by step chronologically to get to your version of uncommon success. Period. End of story. If you want it, the process, the roadmap is right here. You know, and I read a lot of books. I read every guest, I read their book, but then I'm reading additional books to keep up with my own curiosity. And I'm always skeptical to begin with because everyone has a plan and a way of seeing things. So I'm always like, okay, let me see. You know, I'm not always just going to buy in because my first job is to serve the people who are listening here. Totally. But the other thing that came to me was it's pretty hard pressed not to be able to follow your path because you lay out not just breadcrumbs because breadcrumbs can be eaten and taken away. You leave like stones behind to follow. And I think that's what those 17 paths are. Low in the dark stones. <laughs> Low in the dark. That's exactly right. One of the things that stood out to me, it resonated when I first heard you talk about this notion on Youpreneur Summit in London on the stage. The image that comes to mind is the inverted pyramid. And the reason it struck me so much is in the book, you reiterate how important service is and this idea of giving. And that, that you even put a quote, Albert Einstein, try not to be the person of success, but rather a person of value. And I think that's what characterized the stones you left behind, because that's what you're really saying here in this book, if I could sum it up in, in, in a simple way, because I think it's who you exude. It's who I've noticed you to be up close and personal, because I've got to spend time with you in, in your house, so I'll see it there, as well as on a big stage. And then here in this book, tell me about that, that value, why that's such an important factor for you. I don't take it for granted. Listen, I spent the first 32 years of my life chasing what I thought was success, you know? Chasing success in law school. That was not the right move. Dropped out after one semester. Chasing success in corporate finance and real estate and other ventures that all failed for six years post-military. And then I read that quote that you just mentioned. Try not to become a person of success, but rather a person of value. In Azul, it was like somebody just reached out and just went, what back and slapped me in the face. And I was like, whoa, I've been doing this backwards. I've been like chasing success and obviously failing. And I can honestly look in the mirror and say, I'm not doing anything of, of real honest value in this world. And that hurt, number one, but it also sent me on a quest and planted a seed that germinated into an idea six months down the road of, well, what if I did a daily podcast interviewing entrepreneurs that was free, that was valuable, that was consistent, that was daily? What if I added value to people's life in that way? Let's try it. Let's try it for six months. Let's try it for a year. If it doesn't work, I'm not no worse off than I am now, which is not finding success. And that's when success found me because I was a person of value every day. Now, overnight, no. Over a week, no. Over a month, no. I didn't make money for almost 13 months. And, you know, essentially, you know, besides a little bit here, a little bit there. And I just kept providing value. Like that was a point. That was a focal point. And, you know, I get into that concept in the book of how not only can you, number one, identify like what your big idea is. So you can live every day in your zone of value and in your zone of fire. But what is the value that you are meant to bring to this world? Most people, the vast majority of people are not doing that. They are not providing their best value to this world and they're struggling as a result. Yeah, that's a great point. I love it. You know, you mentioned a lot of these early mentors and I want to mention this because one, you were one of my virtual mentors, 2012, listening in, sitting in my classroom floor, doing my work, <laughs> my students. But the other thing was that you mentioned a lot of people. You mentioned people that 
I know and actually have worked with the majority of them, which blows my mind, JB Masters. I was like, I sat in her mastermind. I remember like she's a hardcore coach. She wants you to hold you accountable. She's not messing around. But you talk about that resistance even to hit publish on your first early podcast. Tell us what the lesson learned in that moment where you like, you know, kept getting pushback. <laughs> you mentioned about how Jamie's like, um, if you're not going to do this, I'm basically going to fire you. Yeah. And not basically, I will fire you. Those were her words. <laughs> so listen, I was a coward. I was a coward. And I don't say that like the negative connotation that a lot of people have around the word coward. I'm a human being. So I have doubts. I have fears. I have stress. I have anxiety. I was a coward. And being a coward, I was scared to put my voice out to the world because I knew that it wasn't going to be good because nobody's good when they start. And I just didn't think I was strong enough to handle negative feedback and criticism. So I cowered behind this word perfectionism that so many people use. So if you're hearing my voice and you've used this word and you sometimes say this sentence, you are a coward. And again, not saying that as a negative term because you're a human being. All human beings are cowards in certain situations, in certain scenarios. That is part of being a human being. Doubts, fears, the imposter syndrome. And I was a coward. And if you've ever heard anybody say the phrase, oh, I'm just a perfectionist. like That's why I just can't get this out to the world. I just it has to be perfect first. You're a coward cowering behind that word because it's safer to not launch than to launch. And my point on this is stop being a coward and rise up and launch. And it's not going to be good. It's not going to be great. You're going to have critics. You're going to have haters. I just had a hater last week. We can talk a little bit about it happens all the time. But what's the alternative? Like Azul, it is really hard to become successful. It really is. It's really hard. And it's, it's hard work. But you know what's also hard? Being unsuccessful, living paycheck to paycheck, not having any money, not being able to support those you love, getting up every day and going to do something you hate. That's really hard too. I've lived that life. I know that it's hard to be unsuccessful because I've lived that life for a long time in my past. So which hard are you going to choose? You've got to choose a hard. Which one are you going to choose? That's all right. I love what you said. I have one a great editor when I was talking about someone, oh, they're struggling with their perfectionism. She goes, no, they're struggling <laughs> because they're a procrastinator, not a perfectionist. And they're afraid. I go, that's more like it. <laughs> they're afraid. Yeah. And you know, this is Seth Gordon quote that I just want to share real quick. Seth Gordon said, Hey, just remember, this might not work. And that's okay. It might work, but it might not work. And whenever you're like in this pre-launch mode, you're saying to yourself, oh, you know what? This might work. And that's a great place to be because it really might work. It might not work, but man, is it fun to be in this this might work area. I wanted to stay in that possibility forever, but then I never could have got real success because you can't ever get success in the pre-launch phase. So get over that this might work. To this might not work and find out soon and then learn from it, adjust pivots or double down when it does work. That's right. I mean, think about the thousands of books that Seth Godin wrote that did nothing that no one even knows about. You have a, a quote in your book that says, action trumps perfection. And I love that. I was like, that's true every day, all day. You know, stick, I, I really hold on to that because every action you take, you know, I think about the people that you've mentioned that I was connecting with, Cliff Ravencrafts. I sat in his house because I was like, I need to learn from you because somehow you know how to get an audience. I'm sitting here, Cliff, teach me. Hell, <laughs> uh, Elrod, I sit with him at a table whenever he's anywhere. Hey, Hal, let's talk about you know how you got here. I've read your book a million times, but how did you get here? Like, really, let's talk about it. Pat Flynn, of course, Pat Flynn. my mentor. Like, tell me, give me some, brother. Ryan Levesque, Selena Sue. Like, just because of these people that I've started learning from, 
I knew that I wasn't going to get everything I needed from all of them all at once or any one person or that I would ever be good at what they do. But I had to find out what I was good at. And taking that first step is terrifying. And I'm glad that you put it in your book because I think people think, wow, he's so successful. He's so confident. Yeah, now. But if you ask me to do this next thing, well, write a book, man, there's some trembling in there, even if you're doing it, right? So even true. getting published on this book. I mean, I mean, there's confidence, but there's also that, oh, shoot, man. Some of my peers are going to read this. It got real. Like when HarperCollins handed me a first-time author $350,000 to write a book, I was like, things just got real. Like this company is counting on me. <laughs> they are having faith and trust in me. Am I worth it? Like, mm-hmm. am I going to come through for them? And, you know, that question is still to be determined, by the way. I'm busting my butt for them right now. But hey, when someone gives you a check, like things get real. They get real. And you show up for yourself. What's the one piece of advice you would give someone who's writing a book or creating anything that might be in that space where they're like really close to hitting that button? Besides the just do it, what else would you tell them? I would tell them a few things. I'd tell them number one, just make sure that you're not being a a weak, pale imitation of somebody else. Like, don't see a book like, you know, what is your why or start with why or one of those successful books, The Miracle Morning, and just say, I'm just going to go create a weak, pale imitation of that because that book's successful. That's the worst thing you can do. You need to sit down and say, not what is a big idea? What is my big idea? What is my personal big idea? What is my zone of fire? And how can I create the best solution to a real problem? And then put that into words. Because nobody wants the second best solution. Nobody wants the 74th best solution. But guess what? Everybody's producing the 74th best solution to a problem. People want the best solution. So be willing to niche down until it really hurts, until you know that you are going to be able to create the best solution to a real problem. Because Azul, I want to launch a podcast. That was a lot of competition. What about a business podcast? I niched down a little bit. That's still a lot of competition. Interview? I'll interview entrepreneurs like that in the business space. A little bit better, but there's still competition there. People like Pat Flynn are doing it. Andrew Warner are doing it. Okay. But they're doing it once every two weeks. What if I 10X'd them? What if I did a seven-day-a-week podcast? Again, that's why the day I launched this podcast nine years ago, it was the best daily podcast interviewing entrepreneurs. It was the worst daily podcast interviewing entrepreneurs, but it was the only daily podcast interviewing entrepreneurs. It was the best solution to a real problem. People that said, I want a podcast with a successful entrepreneur waiting for me every day when I wake up so I can be inspired by another individual about their story, their journey. That's what people wanted. And that's why Entrepreneurs on Fire won. And that's why that now I've interviewed 3,000 of these successful entrepreneurs, all the names we mentioned. By the way, those names that we mentioned that Azul went through, all those people are contributors to this book. Because I sat down, I said, for every one of these 17 steps of the 17-step roadmap, who's the best person that I've interviewed that exemplifies this step? And I brought them in and they contributed to that chapter to make it even more awesome. And now the book is complete. It's the 17 steps, the foundational principles that over 3,000 successful entrepreneurs have all trod upon this common path to their version of uncommon success. And it's right here in 273 pages. Amazing. The uncommon path to common success. Oh, well, we got you second time you said it, brother. It's the common path. The common path to uncommon success. Uncommon success. success. <laughs> Gotta be common. If it's not common, we can't do it, John. We don't want the uncommon path. Because like I said at the beginning, listen, 
this is not a secret path. This is not a hidden path. It is not a complicated path. It is a common path to your version, keywords, your version of uncommon success. And you can follow this process. I believe in you. Awesome. John, where would we go to get the book so we can get everyone to have it? It's definitely been an awesome read for me. All the magic over there happens at UncommonSuccessBook.com. You can read a chapter of the book there. You can see a video with details about the book. You can see the endorsements by Seth Godin, Gary Vaynerchuk, Neil Patel, Eric Mandy, Dory Clark. You can see the five insane bonuses for those action takers who pre-order the book, which by the way, all the bonuses disappear the day the book launches. Just a little sneak peek of one of the bonuses, by the way, I'm shipping all three of my journals, the podcast, the mastery, and the freedom journal. I'm shipping to your door, literally losing money on every pre-order, which is not the point. The point is getting this book into your hands by making it a no-flipping brainer. There's four other bonuses. You can read about them over at UncommonSuccessBook.com. Awesome. Thank you so much. John, it's been awesome. It's been a pleasure. I appreciate you and everyone who listens. You're the man. Thank you for listening again to another episode of Authors Who Lead. We appreciate you being here, and we hope you subscribe so you get this delivered to your device every week. And if you haven't left us a review, please do so. It really helps. And if you have a book in your heart, you've been wanting to write a book, please go to authorswholead.com and join us on this journey of becoming a published author.